Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. It is the March 10th, 2018 edition. Joining us today for this episode, we've got first out of Italy. Hey, it's been a couple of weeks. Yes, thanks for coming back. Uh, we've also got Josh Torres. I thought we were only going to time travel once, but it happens to be twice yes. uh, today. Constantly time traveling. That's the beauty of it. And James Galizio. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's been a hectic week. Uh, we've got a lot to discuss. We've got the Nintendo Direct that happened the other night uh, with a lot to talk about regarding that. Actually, it was more like yesterday, uh, the other afternoon in that case. Uh, we've also got the Nigeki Game Fest with a lot of news from Kapal Hart. Some other not-so-great news uh, to also discuss. But first, before we get into that, we always like to talk about the games that we've been playing. So, first up, James... Um, I see that you've been playing a lot of Kirby games. I know that uh, Kirby uh, St- Kirby Star Allies is coming out uh, on the Switch, or it's already out, in fact, isn't it? No, it's actually coming out next Friday, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. It's totally out of the loop. So, yeah, you've been playing a lot of Kirby games. Yeah. I think I mentioned in the previous podcast how I'm going to be playing through Star Allies with a friend that's big in the Kirby. Um I used to be a big fan of Kirby when it was on the Game Boy Advance, and I loved Airide, I loved Nightmare in Dreamland, big fan of Amazing Mirror. Some of the DS games kind of turned me off. Canvas Curse wasn't really what I wanted from a Kirby game. Sweet Squad felt like a setback. So I haven't really been playing them for a while, but uh, with Star Allies, I kind of wanted to get back into the swing of things. So I played through Triple Deluxe and Planet Robobot this week. They're small games, so I was able to get them done quick, and then I remembered that I had the Dream Collection on Wii, so I actually turned on my Wii U for once and uh, started playing through Dreamland two and three. Those, yeah, really? I, I, I think Kirby is bar none my favorite Nintendo mascot. And I like I've been falling in love with the game since like Kirby Superstar uh, and Kirby Dream Core, uh, yeah, Dream Course and Dreamland. You know, I grew up in the '90s, so uh, being able to enjoy all those games was a fascinating thing. I actually kind of really liked Canvas Course, even if it was. A very different kind of game for the DS. But I was young then, and I wanted a Kirby game, and it didn't really feel like a Kirby game. I feel like if I played it now, I'd like it a lot better. Yeah, but this new game, of course, looks fascinating because it brings back a lot of the allies from uh, the earlier Kirby games. Um, and also, like we were going to talk about it. In the, I mean, it's not going to be in the direct uh, topic because it's not really relevant to what we do. But like, they're adding more allies, aren't they? Like the ones uh, yeah. that were from other games. Yeah, they're... They're saying it's going to be a post-launch update, but it's literally coming out two weeks after the game, so I feel like <laughs> it's nice. a little bit redundant. It's a um, window, yeah. Yeah, they're like adding GUI, they're adding... Um, DDD. Uh, DDD, they're adding... Night. They're adding the animal friends from Dreamland 2, but they're all one character now, for whatever reason. It's weird. Um, but all sorts of interesting stuff. Yeah, it's like Choo Choo is like part of a moveset. It's weird. I, I knew about that. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I've been playing through those. Um, Triple Deluxe, I have to say, is probably one of my favorite in the series now. I mean, I, I knew I know a lot of people really like Planet Robobot, and it's still a great game. But, uh, but that's me. <laughs> one after each, um, one one after the other. I definitely feel like a lot of Robobot is kind of retreads of Triple Deluxe, whereas Triple Deluxe feels like it's a bit. I, I, I don't know. It feels fresher. I do like the robot. Uh, gimmick that planet robobot has it's better than hypernova yeah it kind of came and went but i heard great things about that game i feel like i'm kind of doing 
myself a disservice by saying I'm a big Kirby fan and I have not played Planet Robobot. The 3DS games are some of the best games in the series. You should play them. Yes, I'll definitely do that. I did love the the Wii U game as well. Um, I forget what it was called. but Epic Yarn. What? No. (laughs) Not Epic Yarn. Uh, No, no, I'm sorry. It it wasn't Epic Yarn. uh, It's what, James? I'm sorry you you said it. Uh, Rainbow Curse? Yes, yes. The one that had the clay aesthetic or something like that? Oh, no. It was the one when it was like him and his friends. It was like the classic Kirby game. There wasn't a classic Kirby game on the Wii. Wii? Maybe it was the Wii? (laughs) Return to Dreamland. Yeah, that was was it. Okay, sorry. I'm going... Time doesn't make many, much There's too to many me. Kirby games. Yeah, what I'm, like, I've got, yeah, I'm, I'm like gotten a little a older, so two a year. It's like, gosh, so many Kirby games. Yeah, I can't, I can't keep up with Kirby games. I can't play them back to back. It's different. Like the 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 last two Kirby games I played was probably Planet Robobot and Epic Yarn. Epic Yarn, I kind of, I almost checked out of Epic Yarn because I was getting bored of it. Uh, I um, I'll definitely really. say that I'm glad that I'm going to be either playing Crystal Shards or Superstar after Dreamland Three because oh, playing it directly after Dreamland Two was just. Oof. Have you mm-hmm. played Superstar? Yeah, I played a bit of it. I actually own like three different copies of it. I got it for uh, thirty cents on the Wii U Virtual Console back when the system was still new. I have the SNES Classic and it's on there, and then. Uh, Dream Collection, so I'm probably just going to play it on Dream Collection oh. since I already have the disc. Okay, maybe it. maybe I'm getting confused again, but is, didn't Superstar like re- release on the DS? Or, uh... There was Superstar on the SNES, and Superstar. then they released Superstar Ultra, which was a quasi re- well, was a remake and also added in a bunch of uh, new content. Oh, that, that was DS. Okay, that's like the only game I played, and I liked it. And as far as I can tell, Superstar is, I think, considered to be one of the best ones. Yes, oh, yeah, like, totally. The, it's amazing. Um, it seems like a yeah. lot of people consider Superstar Ultra to be the best in the series, and I can see why. It has a lot of different games, has a lot of content. It, hell, I mean, Spring Breeze is a remake of the first game with the actual uh, ability copying, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. and that checks out. Incredible game. So you've been playing just a lot of Kirby, though. That's been pretty much it. A lot of Kirby, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I, I don't know how much more I'm going to be able to play after Dreamland 3, though, because I don't want to burn myself out before star allies but is your favorite kirby ability my favorite kirby ability smash from amazing mirror where it gives him his smash moveset yeah oh yeah that's pretty good i think i just like the bombs because you can just throw bombs for days that's always great i love that ability i think that every time i got that in uh kirby superstar it was always exciting uh yeah, well then let's let's move on, Josh. Uh, I have no idea what this means. It just says database <laughs> yeah. rebuilding. Are you p- watching in... a lot of Log Horizon? What's going on? I don't know. No, no. <laughs> good guest, but uh, oh, okay. no, it's just um, it sucks. I I do host a, a archive of webms for creditless uh, enemy openings and endings. You know, for for personal use and also to to share for uh, several other communities and a lot of those. URLs that I was uh, using uh, died on me because they're like several years old, Oof. and then archive.org didn't like save them for whatever reason. Whatever. So a lot of my week has been kind of um, rehosting those. It's still a humongous archive. Um, I'm almost reaching 1,800 files in there. It's it's a lot. Um, so oh, a terabyte hard yeah. drive for I guess right. Yeah. Uh, over over the last weekend, I was doing a little bit more uh, house cleaning, kind of. Uh, getting everything into place, and I, I, I ran across um, a, a weird relic. I guess at this point, 
I, I was able to find like all my card decks in the cloth uh, map for the Eye of Judgment PS3 game. And I was just kind of... <laughs> exactly, right? It's yeah, I still, have, I, I still have a physical... I still have a, a copy of that, the disc. And the only thing I, I would have to like unearth somewhere in my room, I think it's still there's a, a PlayStation Eye because I still have the stand for it as well for some reason. Oh. So... Like I, I could theoretically probably fire up Eye of Judgment because I do have my PS3 somewhat relatively hooked up for whatever reason. And I don't know, maybe I'll go revisit that. That was kind of a weird kind of thing to, I don't know, remember, I guess. That was, that was like their first like um, big attempt at AR for the PS3. Maybe one of their only really big pushes for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the time, that was, it was quite impressive what they were able to pull off. It just wasn't that... that entertaining game like it was kind I, of I remember when they first revealed that it was like hey like every fucking Yu-Gi-Oh Pokemon Digimon card like uh players like dreams like oh shit like the monsters are coming out of these cards and it was it was the, the game was set up like in a three by three format I totally forgot how the mechanics work but I remember putting in like I don't know at least 10 hours into that game when it first came out with friends because hmm. it was just like the novelty of it is still a little bit alive in me because of like seeing like you know how ar kind of brings card games to life like much much like you Reminds know me of uh, kid Icarus uprising and how the game came with like a yeah. card pack and you could use um <laughs> yeah that that's basically what it reminds me of I, I even saw like i forget what it was at i think it was like pax uh there was this thing where these guys were creating figures that you'd put on a board and they would come to life in the in AR as well. So that was, I mean, it's kind of like the same element. Like there's definitely good, cool ways to do that. Like Dungeons and Dragons, I can definitely see that being very entertaining, having your character, your made up mm-hmm. characters come to life and fight in front of you. But I don't know. It, it feels like that the technology just quite isn't there. Was wasn't quite there yet for that. Stuff. No, I, I think it was. It was in some ways. It was probably not the exact foundation, but you can see where the roots of something like Hololens. Uh, found its uh you know kind of space. Oh, lens, yes. Yeah. All right. Um. But yeah, it was it was kind of cool, kind of remembering that. Uh, I I'm kind of in my you know, uh, limited amount of uh, free time these days. I kind of been kind of double dipping back into Super Robot Wars V that came out uh last year. I I did finish a playthrough of it um like around the same time last year. So I'm doing the, the other characters route. I have a new game plus items that like make my mechs fucking broken and upgraded. Um, so that, that's been kind of cool to get a refresh on it because a lot of, uh, the elements in V are making a return in the, in the new one X coming, the English version's coming out, uh, sometime next month and, uh, a, a little bit more into the breach. I've been kind of, uh, I've been kind of, um, realizing that when I go flip flop between these games, both of them are very much like, you know, they have giant robots. They're both kind of SRPGs in a sense. But in SR with the SRW series, it's more it's more of, hey, I'm gonna move this mech and do an action with this mech. While into the breach, I feel the the best way I want to play it is I like positioning all my units first before committing to like an attack action. While in SRW, it it forces you to do an, an action after your movement. Um, so it's it's more like chess in a sense, and into the breach where you position everything first, and before you fire off, just make sure that you're not in a bad spot, but you can undo everything you did as long as you didn't like commit to an action already uh on that though they do have like a mechanic in into the breach that lets you like undo a turn but it has this weird kind of uh contextual uh reason for it it's kind of it does like a weird time rift uh like ripple 
when you do it. So it's kind of when you undid that turn, you it implies that you jumped into a new timeline very fast uh, due to the the consequences of that. And so that's kind of that was kind of fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm still kind of muscling my way through into the breach. I haven't completed a, like a playthrough of that yet because I'm. People are saying just go to easy mode and do a playthrough there, and then my stubborn ass is like, no, I'm gonna fucking muscle through it on normal somehow. Oh, that's probably yeah. the best way to go in a strategy game where you can easily get killed. So yeah, uh, yeah, especially when it's uh, run based. But, yeah, uh, not a lot of uh, new video games per se. I've been kind of eyeing whether I should get FF15 Windows Edition mm-hmm. or DJ Max Respect. Um, and then I have several friends who are committing to a, a lot of time to Vermintide too. And it's just like, man, I uh, I do want to like get a new video game right now, but I just don't have like the, I don't know, I just don't have it in me right now to start something completely new. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think we all get that fatigue sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm fascinated by Final Fantasy 15 because there's already mods out for it. Um, it only came out like a few days ago, but there's already one that like, like drastically improved the load times moved a lot of the stuttering and things like that like that's the beauty of the fact that you've got a modding community so active on that stuff like it does the things that screen x may have slipped up on i mean i heard that the actual windows edition is pretty darn good um you know it's it doesn't fall into the same traps as some of the other uh companies like Koei Tecmo does, uh, but uh, or some of Scranix's other One year later, Neotomata <laughs> still broken on PC because that's the version I played and I own it, I know too well. Um, but yeah, it's the fact that it's got that stuff. That's why I'm, I'm pretty fascinated by it. Cool. But yeah, uh, anything else? Besides, uh, so it's just waiting for that. Uh, just playing some more of that before you've got your next game. I, to have come up. No, I have no idea what's like the next game that I'm actually like looking forward to. Like I, I think at this point it might be Nino Kuni too. But I'm I'm trying to think what else is coming out. Yeah, that's, that's in a like, couple really, weeks, so I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that case, uh, I know Adam, you, you've really been playing just more Kingdom Come though. Yeah. I, so Kingdom Come Kingdom Come Deliverance was patched finally. I had like put. I don't know, 60, 70 hours into it. Kind of like I exhausted a lot of the open world type of, you know, exploring the map and doing most everything you could. But yeah. a lot of the, like a lot of the quests. So the, the, the quests in this game are pretty multifaceted and there's lots of different permutations and how you can kind of uh, go about these quests and who you basically align with, what you decide to do and uh, which, how you achieve your objective and all that. But it was like, so it was very, very broken where different dialogue options would like not would flat out not work you would like how do i describe this sometimes the glitching the glitches were just kind of weird and, like it seemed like people didn't realize they should know something that they should or whatever but sometimes they're just blatant where you have like a dialogue option and, and you click it and the game crashes um it's like oh okay um so i basically decided to put it off for a while and wait for the patch and now that it finally got one i'm kind of going through it again i still have run into a, probably more glitches than I'd want after a big patch like this, but it's, it is better. But yeah, it, it seemed like this was a really ambitious game from Warhorse, and it's just uh, taking them a while to really iron it out, I guess. How many how many bugs did they fix in this recent patch? Or how many did they tout they fixed? You got a car horn behind you there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's so, uh, cool. so I personally have run into like I, I let me just say 15 uh, quest glitches where by that I mean like 
uh, some some dialogue option just doesn't work. It, it, some, there was one that crashed the game uh, repeatedly. There was one that you click it and then like that you like drop out of dialogue and like nothing happens for some reason. Um, there was actually one glitch I ran into where you decide to kill a person and then like a couple of cutscenes later, that person would appear like revived from the dead, even though he shouldn't be. And then like after the cutscene happens, like he's like this alive but dead corpse kind of just standing there um anyways uh i ran into about like 15 glitches of this sort of nature and i that's what i that's when i decided to hold, hold off for a second but then in the patch notes they announced that there's going to be like or there there were like over 300 quest <laughs> glitches fixed <laughs> hell yeah it, it's, it's it's both like shocking but also not so surprising considering how many different like paths you can do these questions like yeah i can imagine there's probably a lot of glitches out well, was there. there like a comprehensive like patch note list that like uh something like paradox interactive would pump out or just like a fucking mini novel of no. patch notes? well there was a there was a patch note list that listed a lot of things several several unrelated to glitches like balance and um other things uh like buffs that lasted forever that shouldn't have and things like that but um the quest thing was actually just one bullet point over 300 quest bugs fixed like oh okay that's just a bullet point <laughs> didn't explain it okay, but so I, it, it did it did fix like there were a couple of quests i was sitting on where i could like as soon as the patch was uh, as soon as i got the patch i just checked them out and then they worked like oh, okay that seemed like that worked but i still ran into um a glitch where there was a cutscene that was supposed to occur and it didn't and then i had to like reload and do it again and then it worked you know it's just stuff <laughs> like that what an era we live in. It's like, uh, we, we play a game at release, and now it's just like, oh, this I can't actually complete or do this quest. I guess I'll wait for the for the patch yeah. to, to actually progress this. Yeah, Good that's... That, that, um, so that's why I hadn't reviewed it yet, and because I uh, I just... I, well, I hadn't beaten it yet. Like, well, let me just give them... A, let me give them a little bit of rope here and let them allow them to patch it. And it, it did fix a lot, but I, it's still kind of... Just kind of janky and glitchy, and I guess that's just how it's going to be for a while. So, otherwise, the only other the, the other game I've been playing is the Alliance Alive um, from Atlas. Uh, yes. I think I'm allowed. I think I'm allowed to say that I'm playing it, but I can't really say much else other than that. Um, right, and this it, like kind of like the spiritual successor to like Legend of Legacy. It's, it's basically the sequel to the Legend of Legacy. Okay. Not like story related at all, but it's basically the same mechanics, same menus, same icons. Uh, very similar, same artist, similar art style. Um, the, the, this game is a, it has mechanics that are representing the, like the Saga series of games in terms of how characters level up. And then the big addition to he, this to this over the Legend of Legacy is that it has the creator of Suikoden, I don't have his name in front of me, um, writing the story. It's a much more story-focused game than its predecessor. Yeah, Legend of Legacy was way more open-ended, mechanics yeah, so heavy, not necessarily. There, Legend of Legacy basically did not have a story. It was it was basically a, a plotless RPG. It was, I mean, there was a very basic storyline, but it was base, it was very mechanic-driven, like you said. It's had as much story as an Etrian Odyssey game before. Yeah, the, basically um, remakes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, uh, that that comes out later this month too, and I'll have a review for it cool. around around its launch. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well. Uh, for me, I started up Magic Knight Ray Earth, uh, which people who have been paying attention to our Twitter account, I did tweet out the first episode of that went up yesterday. 
it's a game that I've been wanting to play for the longest time because I heard so so many good things about it. And I actually went back earlier this year and watched all the anime except for the OVAs. Uh, I don't know, Josh, if you watched any of that stuff, but like, I, it's been eras. I I have seen it, but I can't. I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. No, it's it's the the big thing is that the OVAs have a completely different art style and they go at it from a totally different perspective uh, in terms of like how the story uh, uh, draws out. So I decided to skip that part and just enjoy the uh, 49 episodes, I think it was, for the anime. I totally forgot there was a second season until I went back. It's like, oh, I'm totally missing out on all of this. The thing is, the game itself, the Sega Saturn game, is only based on the first season anyway. Uh, there was also a Super Nintendo game, but that's based on the manga. So it's, it's is the cool. Is watching the first season mandatory to understanding the events that happened to the game? No, not really. Um, I actually appreciated watching the anime, though, because... There's a lot of character development that obviously won't fit into a game, but also their stories, uh, excuse me, the uh, the context, a lot of the scenes in the game play out differently uh, than they do in the anime. Like, for example, um, the three main characters, it's Hikaru, uh, Fu, and Umi. Uh, Fu is the one with, like, the, the, I guess, the brown hair? <laughs> I keep forgetting it's, like, brown or blonde. Uh, uh, Umi's got the blue hair, and Hikaru has got the red hair. So there's, like, this scene uh, in the anime where there's, like, this abandoned village, and what happens is that Hikaru uh, comes across uh, an enemy, uh, like, this evil sorceress named Elcione, and she fights her because uh, she's trying to protect her friends. Uh, what happens is that Hikaru, uh, she gets hit... And Umi wants to protect her, so she runs over, learns new magic, like magic for the first time. This is super early, so this isn't really a spoiler. Um, she learns magic, attacks Alcyone, gets her away, but in the uh, in the midst of that, she gets hurt. Fu learns the healing spell, which will be very important in the game too, uh, to like recover everybody, and that's how that works out. In the um, in the game, it's all about like this love interest for Fu that gets hurt, and she learns magic to help him. So it's it's like totally wow. different perspective. Like he yeah. wasn't even in the scene at all in and and the in the show. So just to kind of roll it back to for people who aren't uh, like familiar, so Magic Knight Ray Earth is like an anime from like I think 94. was late eighties, ninety four. Okay, yeah, it was like ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, yeah. And so the, and then this is uh this anime got a game adaptation. Uh, on the you're playing the Saturn version, right? Yeah. So what happened was that so like the, the, there's like a really weird context for this entire uh, game itself. So so the game itself. Uh, let's see. Here. It's just so Magic Knight. Yeah. There's no subtitle. No, no, no. Just... Yeah, it's it's straight up, and that, that was the same with the Super Nintendo game. There was also one for the Game Gear, which was kind of cool because actually had like a special edition Game Gear came out that was like red. It was pretty neat. Oh, like yeah. I would love to own that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happened was that so that game came out around '94 in Japan, I believe. Uh, working Designs, which the people that localized like Lunar, Civil Star Story, uh, Papa Mail, like all those games back then. Um, Summer Night recently. Yeah, Summer Night Six. Uh, is is from Vic Ireland, uh, his new company. Uh, well, new. It's been around for like maybe a decade now, uh, but uh, that's like the kind of the same thing. But what happened was that uh, he was working on it, and it was supposed to be released in '96. But because Sega had lost some of the source code due to a hard drive crash, uh, the game was delayed, and it actually didn't come out until November, I believe, of 1998. So this is, in fact, the 20th anniversary of the year uh, that that game originally came out. The problem, a Saturn version, a Saturn game, came, a new Saturn game came out in 98. 98. That's the important thing. It was the very last localized Sega Saturn game. So actually, it's it's so late that it's the final game. <laughs> so that's how that's that's kind of where we're at. And that's crazy when you think like this Dreamcast came out in 98, I believe, in, in Japan as well. And then, 
or yeah. in, in I know in America it's nine nine ninety nine, but I think in Japan it was ninety eight. Uh, the crazy thing about the localization is, and I'll be very brief about this because I mentioned it in the video too, is that um, in the localization they cut out almost all the voice acting. And so in the Japanese version, anyone who had a portrait had a was voiced. Uh, which was important because, like, you met a lot of these characters, like Priestia, who plays a important role. She makes the weapons for the the Magic Knights, uh, and even like some of the other like soldiers and things like that. Like, uh, like the minions, uh, they only have voices during some of the cutscenes, but that's it. Uh, but in, so in the English one, they actually took out almost all of it except for like around the introduction area, like the opening uh, areas. That's when they're voiced. And they put in the manual that it's because they wanted to uh, cut out the fluff, I believe. Like, they're trying to make it so that you can get through the game quicker, which... It's a feature! It's only, like, a, it's like the game itself is, like, 10, 12 hours long. It's not that long to begin with. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, like, this game had FMVs, it was on the Saturn, so it already took up, like, a lot of space on the CD anyway. But it was, yeah, they, they tried to argue it was a feature, um... They also couldn't get the rights to the original Japanese opening, which is always a weird thing when I think about it. Like, they are lo- yep. making a game, they're localizing the game, excuse me. Uh, you think that they'd be able to secure the rights, but nope, uh, that's that wasn't the case. So what they did is that they took the original Japanese opening and put their own original English lyrics on top of it. Oh, <laughs> yes, it was. It was. I will say. I will say the English version that's is actually amazing. pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good for what it is, uh, for what they had to work with. So, um, you know. It's it's kind of like what Working Designs did a lot of around that time, like a lot of English openings. Um, well, Summon Night Six also had an English dubbed yeah. opening, and Fantastic. it was terrible. <laughs> I, I, I knew that it was kind of funny. I I, I looked up recently, like one of the characters in Summon Night Six was vo- was the same voice actor as uh, Luna from Lunar. Oh my uh, gosh! So his he has like his crew that he's he's been helping all along. Apparently, none of the voice actors were good, which bummed me out just because I liked Luna a lot when I was when I was a kid uh, playing those games. Uh, but yeah, they cut that the out. They also added, the of VAs. yeah, working designs also did their script edits. Like they tend to do with a lot of like, you know, modern, uh, t- chats about that. Like s- someone calls somebody a skink at some point and I was like, okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was the, the weirdest point was also like, uh, so the guy's name I was talking about, the love interest, his name is Furio. And he's like, basically like trying to, uh, get with Fu. At one point he says, adios. And I'm like, wait. So it's yes. like a fantasy land. He knows Spanish, and so it was. Oh my like, god! And and they have trouble. Like they, they do kind of point out when they don't know. Like what 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 does skank even mean? You know, it's like they're trying to play that up. Like they don't understand the language, and then he knows how to say adios. <laughs> I'm like okay, and no one taught him that. He had to learn it on his own. I'm, did did they not like it? If we even question that either, or oh just like gosh. yeah, I guess. It's, okay, it was like cool. one of those moments. I was like, okay, this is you got to be careful about your localization sometimes. Working well, there's it's, it's, there's sometimes uh. Um, weird. Well, one second. I'll come back to it. I just, I'm just okay. kind of getting flashbacks of uh, the, the the weird like shift in dialogue in this uh, really old PS2 Atlas game called Samurai Western. Yeah, oh, that game to, was kind wow. of mishmash those well, together. Talk, talking about these uh, like weird localization quirks, um, I don't remember what game this was from, but sometimes you get those weird things where like it. On on one level, it seems like it's, it's a fine word, but on another level, it doesn't make sense. Like I remember there was some game, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a Japanese game. Yeah, it was. But I don't remember what it was. Shit, but it, they used the word draconian, like th- like these wow. are draconian methods oh. or whatever. And it's <laughs> oh, like, man. well, Dra- Draco was. Uh, I I had to look this up. It was like some scribe in Athens, Greece. 
you know, and that, that's where it's originated from. Like, how did these people know what a dra- what draconian means? I feel, yeah. I feel like, like I've played this RPG. I feel like I've just yeah. saw that within the last three years. I've seen that in the game, and now yeah, I can't but, remember what. But there's kind of like stuff like that. Like, you know, if you're not really thinking about it, like, yeah, you know, draconian has a meaning. You know, like old fashioned kind of brutal type methods, um, and like non modern, but there actually is like a etymology to that, like where that actually originated. That wouldn't make sense in a fantasy world. But. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's a weird thing to be picky about. It was just something that like that and some other things that, like, that they're like, they're also introducing other language. I don't know. It's always weird when you get those types of games where it's like, all right, these people from Japan showed up in a fantasy land and they just so happen to speak the same language. It's always that kind of Look, it's, 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 it's kind of like if you play like a red dead game and then they say sayonara. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like it's like the difference between like Star Wars and Star Trek. Like, do they speak the language, or do they all speak different languages as different species? So it's it's always kind of uh, a crazy thing to think about. But no, it's uh, it, the script, they don't make that many script changes. It's mostly just you know they keep it pretty straight, which I appreciate. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I've already recorded a number of episodes for that, so that'll be going up every Friday, like a weekly TV show. I figured that'd be kind of cool. I'm also working on another LP uh, that'll go up later on too, but. Aside from that, started Bloodborne today because that was the free game for PlayStation Plus members for March. It was your first time going through it, right? Yes, very first time. Oh, I, 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 of course, I covered Neo last year. I also uh, beat Dark Souls 2, which I mostly cheesed it. I just used the Soul Arrow and the upgrades for that uh, to defeat all the bosses. The bosses in that game were pretty easy uh, for me because I did that. I just kind of hung back the whole time and just kept casting spells, and I was able to do just fine. Uh I beat the first boss in Bloodborne. Kazuma actually helped me beat the second boss, Father Gascon, and so that was uh, that was. It looks cool. I love the art style to it. The the designs of all the characters and the weapons and things like that are really neat. Uh, the wep- the uh, the enemy and monster designs are crazy as well. So looking forward to playing more of that. But I've got to play. Uh, Nino Kuni, speaking of which, Nino Kuni 2 and Attack on Titan 2, I've got those up and I'm actually kind of partly into both of those so I hope to have reviews up there uh, I'll have cool. a review up for Attack on Titan 2 later this week, people want to check that out and Nino Kuni 2, that'll be up uh, shortly before release of the game itself so uh, other than that just pay attention to my Magic Knight Ray Earth playthrough, uh, that'll be fun so let's get into the news now that we've gotten that out of the way so now let's just start off by bumming ourselves out, I... Uh, so Square Enix, uh, I think we talked about this last Saturday in our previous yeah, podcast. Did. Yeah, I, I try to remember the timetable. But uh, they put up a teaser site, uh, counting down to news about Valkyrie Profile Lenith. And all it had was mostly just uh, Lenith speaking in like a black background, or just like you can hear her talk. And then uh, that was about it. And now that they've revealed what it is, it is exactly what we thought it was going to be. And so I, it's it's hard to be bummed about it when we are expected this to happen. But they announced Valkyrie Profile Lenith uh, is going to be coming to iOS and Android. It's a port of the PSP game, of course. That's what that is. Uh, and it'll be released sometime this spring in Japan. Now, I know, Josh, you shared some of this on your Twitter account, uh, some of the first gameplay shown during yeah. the Geki Game Fest, which we'll be discussing that next, but uh, the festival itself. But uh, yeah, it's, it's got virtual it controls exactly on the screen. And I, I got so upset. Is. I got so upset when I saw the virtual virtual controls because that's... Yeah, that's uh, it's... Yeah, the, much as like what you see like in the you know typical uh, console or hand or previous handheld game ports to mobile. Anytime like you move around, uh, it'll show like a virtual joystick when you're going through the world. When you're trying to go navigate the you know 
back and forth uh, platforming. It'll show the buttons when you're in battle. It'll actually have like weird like dot, transparent dots over each member to like say, hey, here's how, where you clicked, like use them to block with them or to attack with them. And like it's it looks pretty fucking small. So if you have, you have like big fingers, then um that's you're gonna smudge and hit problem. two people at yeah. once. Yeah. What For about those who aren't familiar, like Valkyrie Profile has this sort of it, it's like it's a turn-based or menu-based game, but how it works is that you have your four face buttons, right? A, A, B, X, or I guess the PlayStation ones, um, triangle, square, circle, X, and you each you have four characters, and they're each basically attached to a button, and when you click it is when they attack, type of thing. And so there is a little bit of a timing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a controller or like on PSP or whatever, it's fine. Um, but I, I'm just trying to imagine that on like a phone, like. It's like a uh, typical smartphone game, almost like you yeah. hit it, you press the press them to attack, that kind of thing. Yeah, I it's, guess uh, it's Switch based. Games like Exist Archive and the upcoming Indiv- Indivisible, you know, are direct like homages to uh, Valkyrie Profile, like you know their their whole uh, combat Archive. systems. Uh, kind of, they're they're built upon like you know the the legacy of what Valkyrie Profile uh, tried to accomplish uh, with its unconventional systems at the time. So, kind of, you know. This is not exactly the thing that people want. Now, if this led to, you know, some sort of, like, PC port of this new mobile version that hopefully does not have the on-screen, you know, joystick and buttons on Whoa. that hypothetical theoretical PC version, um, that could be a little bit more acceptable. Because at least at least in this port, they're not, like, remaking the visuals. They're not putting, like, a, a filter over it. it. It does look exactly like what it does on the PSP. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think the 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 other question. Point, yeah. uh, uh, so when I first saw the virtual controls, I kind of turned off the stream. I couldn't watch it anymore. But, like, did they do anything to the menu system? Like, make it look like garbage, like it does with the other ports? They didn't really go into the menu system. The only oh. thing they showcased was overworld, um, the, the little CG cinematic, the okay. battle, the battle system, and like an event scene. But they never went into the particulars of the menu system. Uh, in, the, in the brief look that we were given. It's something, but it's not... The, I mean, we, we were already kind of stealing ourselves uh, last week because the, the uh, Famitsu's app section on their site, they have like app.famitsu.com mm-hmm. also reported on this Valkyrie profile, but of course the Vanguard is like, we don't know what this is. you know. And of course, in behind the scenes, they exactly know what yeah, it is. They probably <laughs> they just like, like oh, oops, we actually put it on the app uh, section yeah. when we knew it was. So, I just kind of want to mention one small thing. Right. I don't have the details here, so I'm going to sound like an idiot. But the one thing worth mentioning, Valkyrie profile originally released for the original PlayStation, and when it was released in English, this, ha- this happened quite a bit back in the day, um, like the English localization, it not only localized it, but it actually fixed quite a number of like bugs and things. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the in the localization, but when they ported it to PSP, they ported the um, Japanese version and localized that without fixing the the same bugs. Uh, so I know there's there's a contingent of people who will say that the English PS PS one version is the best version because it's the only version that has like the bug fixes and things like that. Yeah. Um, and also, I think the PSP version, it's either like slightly stretched or cropped in a way because, you know, it's going from a, you know, a console PlayStation game to a PSP. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's the aspect ratio. Yeah, exactly. The aspect ratio is different. I, I don't think it's just like a pure stretch, but it's not like, you know, it's it's altered in a way that's not the same. So I know some people that's, you know, a deal breaker right there. Um, but I, I just felt like that was worth mentioning. Uh, this is a port of a PSP version. And even if it is like, a pretty good port. Like I only played the PSP version because 
it's a, it's a much it was a much cheaper version to get a couple of years ago the oh, psx version is, yeah i'm sure yeah i mean it never it never showed up on valkyrie profile never as far <sighs> as i know never showed up on psn or anything like that so you can the only the only way to get it is to buy it physically um i believe that's but, yeah it's, the, it's such a bummer to think that this is going to be the first way we're going to be able to like get a digital version of valkyrie profile is going to be like yeah, this part I mean, I only played the PSP version, but I still, that was the first version I played and I adored it. I really, it might be my favorite original PlayStation 1 game, even though I didn't play it on a PlayStation 1. Um, but still, I, I thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah, Square Phoenix continuing to change their trend of uh, honoring their, their legacy in uh, creative ways. I mean, the fact <laughs> that you've got the mobile game and now you've got this port of Valkyrie Profile on it, it's like, they're so. Like it's it's hard because like I'm I'm not directly opposed to mobile games because I I play a ton of them like I, I play a ton of Grand Blue Fantasy of course and Final Fantasy Record Keeper I've gotten back to that so like I I'm not opposed to that necessarily it's just that when you think like this is the way we're getting these games like the Secret Amada remake and then this Valkyrie profile in it it's like this is how you're going to be treating like these incredibly popular properties like the ones that that you could bring back and make something meaningful out of it like this is how you treat your back catalog. It's weird. Like we're now looking to places like Sega or Capcom instead of Square Enix for this stuff now, because Sega's treating it right with like Valkyrie, uh, Valkyrie Chronicles, and then Capcom, of course, with some of the other properties. I mean, Street Fighter, notwithstanding. But it's to be it's, fair, Capcom did mess up those uh, Mega Man ports to mobile. That's true, but they have the Mega Man Legacy Collection, which we talked about as far as using, like, when we were talking about the uh, Secret of Mana, it's that they hired people that worked uh, in the emulation scene to make those the, those versions, and it was amazing. And it was for consoles, you know? It wasn't, like, a weird mobile port. Uh, the, the, it's difficult probably because Square Enix... I guess probably worth mentioning Sonic Mania in here for well, a second. Well, yeah, Sega. oh, yeah. But they, um, yeah. I, some, I, some, they did, I'm sure they didn't give... Sega didn't give them much money, and I'm sure, like, it's like they were watching every step that they made with that game, so that's why that happened uh but it's also worth pointing out that square enix makes a ton of money in the mobile se- uh sector so it's kind of hard to be upset about it uh in terms of the, thinking about the business side of things but as a fan you know like adam you're talking about that was one of your uh, favorite uh games from the ps1 era it's it's difficult when you're seeing this is how they're treating it and then you know it's it, we're not even thinking about like you know coming up we've got wild arms and arc the lad coming for a mobile like the next entries are on mobile it's and you don't well, have the breadth of that and we don't know what that looks like it could be amazing but it's 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 just kind of a difficult pill to swallow you know well at least if we're talking about valkyrie profile at least we're getting indivisible from lab zero yeah, it felt a little scummy when I was watching that uh, the Dengeki stream and they were going over the battle system for, for Lenith and they kept their, you know, kept making references back to Valkyrie Anatomia, which is, you know, their mobile gacha game for Valkyrie profile. Like, how that's like the control scheme of that. I'm like, this is kind of, uh, yeah, can we talk about it, the but... actual games, not the not the mobile port, the free to play yeah. game? <laughs> so it's just like, oh, like, it's kind of weird to think that, like, all, some people out there, like, their first like exposure oh this is where Lenith is from yeah. oh, oh my god <laughs> you know not Lenith your favorite character Lenith from from, uh, from your hit franchise uh, Valkyrie Anatomia that was, this original I, I actually wait, am curious to see uh, if that's even wait popular. I thought I thought Freya was a boss in Star Ocean 3 what's she doing in this game and she yeah. looks totally different weird uh, I think that I think it's just it's just crazy to think about that, that that's that that's what's happening I mean I, I as you said before Josh it's that at least they're not smoothing it over with like this weird bubble 
linear filter or some shit uh, that for makes now it look until until they might do it. <laughs> unless they I mean, do the thing they did with the Chrono Trigger. Right? I mean, if we're talking spring, like spring kicks off in, in less than a couple of weeks, so it's possible that it, this is how it's going to be presented, and the menus are going to be the same garbage. You know, press this giant bar to get to the menu, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, uh, it's actually probably not great to say it's garbage i mean that's the best way uh, the problem is it's weird when you've got like as you said like if you've got big fingers you can't press the characters but you sure as hell can hit the menu button no problem get out your capacitative stylus yeah on a six inch screen so it's it's mm-hmm. weird i don't know uh, i'm i'm interested to see where they'll go with it but you know if the best thing we can expect out of it is a hopeful like a scene port of it it's just it's like is this really where we're at right now in terms of their own properties when it's not final fantasy or dragon quest is that is that how it's going to be you know Otherwise, like the best we're gonna get is like a World of Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like I feel like everything else, like uh, like for the other companies, like kind of bringing back their old catalogs and modernizing them in a sense. I feel like Square Enix at the moment is like the weakest out of them. That like they're the ones that are are, like have this weird gaping void. Like kind of like everyone's like kind of cool with each other. Like like thumbs up. Like you know you guys are trying. And Square Enix is at the corner, like kind of like at their fucking witch brewing. All all they need to do. All they need to do is have Tokyo RPG Factory uh, take over. Or, you know, better yet, let's use this as a transition, actually. (laughs) We use this as a transition, in fact. It's that let somebody else, maybe from the West, handle one of the properties. And that actually leads us into the Dengeki Game Fest event. Uh, So uh, just last night, they had their live stream, uh, which this is an annual event that they held. And Kampala Heart, as they promised, announced some important things. And one of those happens to be, aside from Mary Skelta 2, which we already talked about, so um, we're going to skip over that because we already discussed that that's just Mary Skelta 2 with the remake of the first Mary Skelta with it. Um, It's Brave Neptune, which is this kind of cool looking uh, based on the very quick shots we got of it from the uh, video that they had it's going to be the first type of dimension neptunia game to be made by a western studio and it's going to be from artisan studios in quebec which um it's called was it kabojo was the uh, uh yeah so this is something i just wasn't and i don't know exactly the story here but the different well, studios. Least, it's just that the Kabojo most of the key is a French moved. studio that yeah. developed Zor- uh, Zodiac: Orkanon Odyssey that that released on like PlayStation and Steam a couple of years ago. Yeah, mobile, yeah. It's like a it's it's a it's a two D RPG type game, uh, kind of in a JRPG type style. Obviously made by you know French. Yeah, people. I, I played it. It was alright. Yeah. And I and I know like one of the studio heads of Artisan. Like I don't think Artisan Studio itself has had has like shipped a game under that name. No, I don't. Think. It's a new studio. It's just that yeah. some of the key developers moved over to that. Some one. of the some of like the studio heads and key developers were yeah. from this Paris studio that made uh, Zodiac working on Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, so the game so, director, for example, of, of Zodiac, is working on this. Now you played that, right? And it's like a is it like a side scroller? Like when you're not in battle, like you're only you can only move left and right on a side scrolling screen. It's it, it's like it's like. Uh, you're running around uh, in areas talking to people, but then you can turn into like, it becomes a turn-based RPG. Uh, you know, and it's just like you know, it's kind of like the classic well, style, like left and right side. Well, I mean, when you when you're when you're traversing the world, you yeah, left and okay, so like yeah, yeah. profile. It's, yeah, it's like, like a two D plane uh, video game. Yeah, but anyways, that's what I was, from the quick glimpse that we saw of this new game Neptune. That's what it's going to be like, which. Yeah. You know, it's a little different, but I'm I'm actually perfectly fine with this because you know if anything, it's that they're not putting it over to. 
uh, Tamsoft or somebody else, you know, like give give them a chance to do something fresh with this because a Compaheart, of course, has still got more Neptunia games coming with like Mega Dimension V2R is out uh, in May in America and in Europe. So the fact that uh, they're willing to let somebody else try their hand at this, I think is exciting, you know, and that's, and that's cool because, you know, Capcom's done that a number of times themselves. And now that you've got like uh compile heart doing it, it's like, that's like the least expected move that I can, I can think of because, you know, obviously Neptunia is very much a Japanese kind of game, very Moe. So now you've got a, a team in Quebec, uh, be able to do something like this. It's, it's exciting. And, you know, there's something to be said about their style of making games. Like it's it's very art driven, and so I'm I'm very hopeful for that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very interested. Uh, you know, well, with the move to a Western studio here, I guess it's uh, worth mentioning that on the Artisan Studios website, uh, they were they removed this, but uh, on the Brave Neptune page, they they had platform logos for Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. But then, like shortly after, they took those off. So whatever, if that was an error, or if that's maybe they just didn't sign the contracts yet. No, yeah, who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the the next like real info we'll get out of this is the April twenty sixth issue of Dengeki PlayStation. Yeah, Uh, I wonder if the game is going to be a worldwide release. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 kind of that that was kind of my first thought too. It was like I, it's gonna be really wild if it's a worldwide release. It's it's got to be because I mean that's you know the fact that they're introducing it like this it's that it's it's probably going to be made in english uh but sunako is still working on it uh she's still doing the art for the, for the game so like you still have got the traditional style from the series it's just the fact that it's now a 2d game and that's very different like they're they actually they talked about it as well in there about how like they're excited to see sunako's art be brought into from two uh from like the hand-drawn style to obviously to 2d like it's it's kind of a perfect fit so it's not another 3D brawler. It's a turn-based RPG uh, in this style. Uh, like well, it might be. Well, they say 2D, but it might be like 2.5D. Yeah, 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 it's possible. 3D backgrounds like and all. I mean, it's not like it's not like these are like um, anime not, style. A, I wish it was I mean, UBI. it's anime style I art, wish it was but, UBI. Not, but, it's, but they're, they're, they're still like 3D models just, you know, stuck on a 2D plane mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, we, we yeah, don't exactly know exactly how to play yet. Uh, so we'll see. End of yeah, April. But, as someone who's never played a Neptunia game and probably won't just because it's not high on my priorities and there's, I just have too many other games to play. Sure. I do think reason. it's just interesting. <laughs> no, I have like so many games I need to get to that I'll, I'll never finish. I don't think anyway. this is really your kind of game anyway. That's But okay. I, I, I think it's just interesting. It's just interesting to have not only a different developer, but a different style. Like, yeah, it makes it so it stands out for good or for worse. You know, it's, it's weird just, because this is technically the next. It, 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 technically, you can say that it's a fact that the next Neptunia game is a Western RPG. Yeah, in some sort. Uh, now we're gonna get. To oh, that it's like what, what, what is qualifies is Avatar Western? I don't know. It's, 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 uh, is that uh, I mean, is Bloodborne a JRPG? Yeah, exactly. To some people, that'll be true. To some uh, people, it won't. But you know, the the the, the statement still holds. It's, it's, it's funny. A, yeah, it's a lot of interesting discussion. Yeah. But that's yeah. cool. It's cool, and I I think that you know all the it's like you know hats off to them for willing to take that kind of risk with the property that it's become so popular. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously it's, 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 it's not like it's a big that. budget game or anything like that. So it's not like it's like they're taking a big risk. I just love the fact that they're willing to do something like this to begin with. And, you know, it's like, it's like, it makes you think like, you know, 
uh, you know, grin way back when, of course, Fortress, you know, Square Enix was willing to, at some point, have a Western developer try to make a Final Fantasy game, and that fell through. So, and like, obviously, Nintendo has had a bunch of yeah. Western developed, like Metroid Prime, you know, like obviously. Uh, I, I will Prime, say, but... at least Square Enix did it once, uh, and that was Secret of Evermore. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. That was Square Enix. <laughs> the Square, that was Square Soft America made that game. So, like, I just, man. I just love to see more more of this kind of stuff, you know. Like, you know, it's it's hard to see it now, but it would have been interesting to see Idols Montreal make a Final Fantasy game. But you know, maybe one day we'll see that still. Um, but yeah, that's that was kind of the big thing coming out of Dengeki Game Fest was the Compile Heart news, um, along with like a bunch of Sword Art Online slides. <laughs> that was the other big yeah. thing uh, that you know we already reported kite report on the site the upcoming DLC. People want to check that stuff out, but. You know, and of course we've got the review as well. But the other, uh, let's let's move on to this other piece of news we've got here, which is kind of interesting. Uh, that this is the format that it came in, Adam. Since you reported on this, you go ahead. Sorry, I'm not looking at the doc right now. What's the news we're talking it's, about? Yeah, it's it's the Nice America president. Oh right, so um, Nice America's. We don't. I don't want to get into the discussion on East Eight again. <laughs> we've talked about it like a bajillion oh, times. times. But the story they, that just know, won't die. We know they delayed the PC version like a third time or whatever it was. Um, and right. so now we're waiting to see, like, well, we had no idea when to expect it to release. The Switch version is coming out this summer or whatever. But um, a YouTube channel, Greg's RPG Haven, um, it looks like they're an RPG, pretty well-subscribed German-based uh, channel. Um, the president... What's his name? I don't have the president's name in front of me. <laughs> That's okay. Just Nice America's president. These Japanese names I can't remember yeah. um, too much, too well on the spot. But he basically made an appearance on the show and on his channel, and he announced that the PC port is coming out in April. And that's it. It just came, kind of came from an unexpected place, um, maybe at an unexpected time. But... Uh, the, the name is Takuro Yamashita. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> just... yeah. countdown to when it's get, it gets delayed again. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't really believe yeah. it's going to be in April. Yeah, it seems still it, too soon. Right in, ten, tentative date, April now. So stay tuned until tentative, either tentative it's month. out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, until it's out or it's late again. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's it's, all it's, from everything we've been hearing about the a lot of the news reporting, even in our Discord, it was just that that game up until even to the end of January was still like a hot mess. So, uh, you know, all the best to them, but boy, like it's hard to get excited about that right now. Uh, you know, I think people like that ship has sort of sailed at this point. I mean, I, I hope that it's still good and it's and, you know they sell a lot of units on that thing, uh, but it's hard to get excited about it, the PC port anymore. It's like yeah. setting ourselves up for disappointment. Yeah. But that's kind of next that's, story. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 move into other news we've got here. Since like, yeah, we didn't want to rest on that too much. Uh, Record of Grain Grand Crest War. That is hard to say, uh, especially if you have a speech impediment like I do. That was announced for PlayStation Four. So, I'll, I'll, Josh, I'll have you take this because this is uh, different. This is not like people kind of get these things confused, like the Agorist War and you know, yeah. uh, War and all that stuff. Yeah, so uh, Record of Grand Crest War is has a TV anime adaptation uh, airing uh, right now. It is kind okay. Of, back kind up, of... back up, back up, back up. Sorry. What <laughs> yeah, is yeah. this originally? Like, I have never heard of Grand Crest War. Before. I think, I think, I think it's, it's a manga not, or what? I think it's a novel, light novel. Yeah, okay. it is a novel. Okay, and then so um, so they announced a new PS4 game uh, that's coming out in June 14 uh, to Japan. 
uh, and it's uh, basically it's a weird, it's a weird trailer where, the, where they put out because it seems like a tactics driven game, but a lot of like the the overhead map of it is in between these uh, kingdoms. There's like uh, route arrows uh, being pointed to one another as you're kind of like mapping out your strategy of uh, conquest, and it looks a little bit like Natural Doctrine in a sense. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it uh, but it actual like uh, gameplay itself when you're like commanding your troops uh it looks like a more dynasty warriors hack and slash t- type of game um this uh the, this whole premise uh, uh takes place in this continent called Atlat- atlanta or whatever atlatan uh where you know chaos is spreading and whatnot and then the only ones who can like uh give protection to the people in this uh, continent are lords who possess these like uh crests that like are kind of like power grand seals crest. uh and they're, fighting, and they're fighting over them and there's a war okay, yeah it, exactly so it's uh very much like that uh a lot of uh the early purchases of like the of this game will have a uh, record of lotus uh war characters uh part and uh deedlet as playable characters because i believe i think it was either the artist or the author i was uh actually involved with grand crest war in the uh, like the original uh source of it It's uh, it's like a real time strategy action RPG game, so it's uh, ambitious, but kind kind of neat. Another Bandai Namco anime to game adaptation. Yeah, uh, but we've got a news post up on the side about that, so people want to read more about it. Yeah, we've got plenty of news. I th- oh yeah, and also worth mentioning that uh, on its official site, uh, data like the copyright section uh, on its site, it has uh, actually an English copyright for uh, like Steam and Valve as well. So it's kind of implying that it, it it hasn't been confirmed yet, but it might get be getting an overseas release, and it might have a PC version along with it. Well, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, obviously, it's people aren't too familiar with this property, but it'll give them an opportunity to kind of spread it worldwide. Uh, so obviously, if that ever comes to happen, we'll have we'll be sure to share the news regarding that. Uh, speaking of announcements, we've also got Coda Princess EX was revealed for the Switch. Now, uh, from everything I heard, the PC version of that was kind of hot fire. It was not that good. Um, it's the 3DS and PC version, oh, and yes. the game itself is all bad. <laughs> it's all so. bad. I'm glad that this is. Uh, well, uh, I think it's what was it, uh, James? Actually, I want to I want to hear your take on this because you mentioned that it was actually like it's it's getting some additional help. Yeah, it's um, getting some. I think Nicholas is publishing it, which makes yes. sense. Uh, they've been doing a lot of work for the Switch. They've been helping a lot of Japanese smaller companies, not so much just Indies, because they did Cave Story Plus. They're doing um, the fighting game. I forget the name of it, but it's oh, uh, um, the um, one that that has a bunch of the properties. The crossover that, characters, the yeah, crossover like it's, characters. It's, that fighting game is being made by the same developer that did Coda Princess that does, that does the um, Umihara Kawase games. And it's just really interesting game, by the way. But uh, I, I believe... Blade Stranger. Yeah, Blade Strangers. That's it. I believe that they're redrawing some of the assets so that they're less pixelated and they're more like um, actual art. So kind of something like the jump from... Uh, original Street Fighter 2 to the HD remake where it has the different sprites and whatnot. That's all I really know about it. It might have more content. I don't really know. I I'll probably it. pick it up just because I've, since I've played Umihara Kawase, I've been interested in the company's other games. So, yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy because when I saw this game early on, I thought it was like a Vanillaware game because it kind of reminded me of like Princess Crown or <laughs> something like that. But I was... 
way <laughs> off, wasn't I? Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, that's know. coming to the Switch sometime this summer. Hopefully yeah, they made other quality who, of life improvements. <laughs> people who don't know, it's basically like a side-scrolling beat-em-up game with RPG elements to it. Like you can level up your characters, distribute stats. Like it, has all, kind of it, it, has, it has a really cool... Uh, the coolest thing about it is you can actually uh, play any like uh, like enemy you fight in the game. So it has like this battle mode where you can play with a, like a multiplayer mode where you can play with your friends. And then you can actually like level up and increase like the stats of like like the weakest enemies or like the are the bosses like like you can actually like play them as playable characters in that battle mode. It's kind of neat in that sense. So you you're looking forward to playing this with your friends, is what you're saying, Josh? I, I actually I actually fucking scammed them out of their money on the Steam release. I was gonna say, yeah, did you buy go, like a four pack or some shit? No, we, I, didn't, I didn't buy a four, four pack. I, I convinced them to go fork over money to go uh, play Code of Princess with me on the Steam release just to see if it'd be How fun, long funny. Did that last? And uh, they they refunded it maybe in under half an hour. It was okay. Uh, Thank goodness for Steam refunds, right? Cause... Okay, yeah. <laughs> it looks like the uh, graphics are updated. There's a local co-op multiplayer. There's up updated ai and stuff so it seems like a pretty big upgrade actually yeah. might make it good we'll see we'll see best of luck let me know yes yeah. uh so before we get into the big topic of the week we've got one more piece of news here now this is kind of odd i guess i forget i, I kind of forget the timeline of events for this as well it's that i think this was actually leaked ahead of time uh that ubisoft was working on tom clancy's the division 2 i gotta put that tom clancy's part now it's important to point out like the kind of the history of the division is that when it launched it wasn't that well received a lot of it had to do with like server issues and some of the lack of content and stuff like that but from everything that i've heard uh and josh you said you have some friends who play this but um it's that the game has grown quite significantly and yet even despite uh the fact that they're announcing a sequel for example which is what this is uh they're still adding some more content later uh so yeah it's a, they've got a very strong uh base to work with a lot of uh, people a lot of people still playing this game which is kind of shocking to hear uh it kind of helps that that is multi-platform i guess but like do you know what the like the big uh new features of the sequel is supposed to be uh, they haven't really said anything about the sequel. Only the logo uh, was shared. Uh, they just oh, said that's right. Exist. A later date. That's right. They basically uh, yeah. said, I, I think they said basically, uh, I guess to be technical, it's Massive Entertainment who's making it. Yeah. Which, uh-huh. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're like actually like a Ubisoft studio or if they just like have a big contract with Ubisoft or whatever. But they basically just announced it just to say we'll we'll talk about this more at E3. So yeah, uh, and I think I think yeah, there's there's more uh, like content updates coming to the base uh, division i think i think the the main thing that kind of ultimately scared me off about getting the division's pc version was the rampant uh hacking scene uh in that because i really wanted to get it on pc played with friends but then they were like no don't get this right now people were basically uh, editing ini files kind of yeah like everything was stored like not even server side on their end it, it was so any any changes you made on your local machine it was viable when you connected the online environment so that was kind of a a weird big a lot deal of hacking that... i remember like a lot of hacking i mean massive mm-hmm. obviously they worked on the original division they made the original division so of course they're the ones working on the sequel it's weird like that game was announced two years ago and i think they announced the sequel on the same like on its birthday if i'm not mistaken because it was a couple of days ago but yeah it's it's the, yeah actually it was okay i just looked up the this the, that was it was it was designed to be that way marketing uh but yeah, it's actually, it's got, uh, I saw my brother, Adam, other uh, staff member on the site. I saw him playing it and looked pretty neat. It had a cool like uh, interface, had cool designs, a lot of clothes to pick up, uh, a lot of down 
uh, jackets <laughs> to pick up. I yeah, guess. Yeah, this, was, uh, this was the this was the game that uh, was set in uh, San Francisco and uh, oh, it was Manhattan. Was like, Sorry, or Manhattan. My yeah. bad. Yeah, Manhattan. Uh, and the the whole uh, crux of it was like the, you were like the survivor uh, trying to a group of these factions trying to survive and because um, there's like some weird a uh, virus outbreak yes and and the the whole like big thing they were touting uh, for the for this game was that they had this uh dark zone this pvp open pvp kind of area where you know you go against uh team up and go against other uh groups of people to kind of extract the bounty out safely and I, I always thought that was a cool idea I, I think a lot of people liked it i'd like to see that idea get expanded upon in the sequel a lot, so it's a not just a, a, like a, a specific zone. I kind of the fucked up uh, desire that I have with this game is to be like old school RuneScape. Of no, like I was just thinking of RuneScape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so instead of having just a designated area, just like just fuck it, make it the whole thing, and see how that how the game actually develops from there. Yeah, I mean, it was it's a great looking game. Uh, it was when they announced it. It still is a very good looking game, and they had some pretty neat uh, RPG mechanics with it. Like, I, I remember you can put like get new skills and uh, and other abilities, and you can use current you can use the money to buy new weapons and and gear and equipment and stuff like that. And, and there's even like there's like exotics that you can pick ups too. So uh, it was very it was much very like you know their their own take on Destiny. A lot of loops. You know, like uh, yeah, you know, it was very much uh, like you know instanced areas of. Like you'll you'll be wandering around, uh, not not seeing many people, but until you get like into a populated zone, like the dark zone, that's when you'll actually see like a, a good chunk of people running around. I, I I feel weird like when Destiny and the Division does that because I I kind of always want to feel like uh my game world is being populated with people that I don't know. I I just don't like the I just don't like it when the when the when you see the inner workings of like oh you know this is an instance area even though you don't have to go through a loading screen you just. Yeah, Whether it's a you weird have to pop up or a notification, you know? yeah, yeah, it's just I kind of want that to be a more seamless experience, and I think that's my biggest hope with the division two, along with you know getting that hacking uh, thing uh, patched up so it's not a, a, an issue uh, in like midlife for that game. Yeah, oh, hopefully, I mean, obviously, I'm sure they they've learned a lot of lessons from their first game, and hopefully, they can improve upon it across the board in the sequel. I mean, the fact that it's come from by leaps and bounds since it was uh, where it was initially it's obviously they a lot of people feel it's a much better game than it used to be it's like they can yeah. take that experience and improve upon it but it's weird like as you talk and like the parallels between that and destiny it's kind of the same thing but apparently you know from what i've heard destiny 2 kind of fell off a cliff because they yeah. made some terrible decisions about the end game for that mm-hmm. um they, they did an excellent yeah. job like uh keeping the division updated though i mean yes. uh, their ongoing support uh you know like most Still of these, games these days yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently and it's all good on them for you know helping you know, get get life out of that game. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they could have dropped a long time ago, but they still had big plans. It kind of goes to show, like they did that, and then, of course, Rainbow Six kind of became a runaway success for them as well. So it's kind of weird how things really turned around for them. They're, they're trying to do that for Honor as well. I, I know yeah. for, our, for Honor, they're trying to do a big turnaround for that. Yeah, hopefully, uh, see what happens because that's also a pretty fat, a fascinating game. Like this weird, like sort of Dark Soulsian uh, style to. Uh, every encounter is meaningful to that and i saw like a lot of gameplay for that uh people streaming that and it was Uh they they just recently patched in like dedicated game servers for that which is yes awesome finally Uh, more games need that stuff like as a standard that's like how it always should be dedicated servers it's a lot easier with that stuff um but let's get into the big topic of the week uh 
So, yeah, Nintendo had their big direct, which they announced the day before. It's kind of become a running thing with them is that they all announced, actually it was like two days before, I believe, but uh, that they have their uh, direct live stream. And in this case, it was on March 8th was when this was held. And it went for 30 minutes. Uh, They had one in America and one in Japan, of course in Europe too, but it was like the same stream pretty much. so some of the uh, bigger news that came out of that, let's just start with the kind of the showstopper as far as our site's concerned. Um, Octopath Traveler, which continues to look amazing, and that is the final name for that game. Uh, they revealed the uh, launch date for that, which is July 13th. So Adam, uh, they also showed off some new content as well. Yeah, so they, so Octopath Traveler is, it's, um, being developed by Acquire, actually. I know that that kind of confused has confused some people. Where when they first announced it, they uh, they so kind of advertised. <laughs> yeah, they advertised that it was the Bravely Default producer. Yeah. But remember, the Bravely Default producer is I don't remember his name, but he's at like BD6, or Square Enix, and they work works, with yeah. external. <laughs> they work with external companies. One of them is Silicon Studio, but it can, doesn't have to be them. And it's marketing this game is made by <laughs> Acquire. Yeah, right. Um, so. Octopath Traveler uh, is a Switch exclusive game with eight playable characters that each kind of have their own story, and we'll we have yet to see how exactly they kind of inter, inter you know intermix or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, up to this point, we had only known two characters from the demo, Ulrich and Primrose, um, and then now they've announced they revealed two more. So there's Tressa, who is a merchant, young woman merchant, and uh, there's also Alfin, who is a an apothecary, and Basically, these characters, each character kind of has their base class that gives them, uh, they behave a little bit different in battle, but also gives them like a special field skill, which if you play the demo, you've seen uh, like Primrose can like enchant people with her beauty or whatever. Um, But what they, one thing they also announced was that each character in battle can also wield a second job. I think it's just for battle. So that's a pretty big deal, I think. Where like this Octopath Traveler game kind of has a job system like that, where you can mix and match these sub jobs for your characters, and you know Final Fantasy V or Bravely Default or what have you. Mm-hmm. Those can be really kind of neat. Those battle systems. So to have that kind of incorporated here is, I think, a really cool thing to have. Um, let's see. They also announced that there's like a skill system where you get job points, you buy skills with them, and you basically. You don't, you don't have to get skills in any certain order. You can buy the cheap ones early on if you want, or you can just save up and buy the most expensive one as soon as you can. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so it seems like they're, in terms of a gameplay side of things, they're allowing you to have pretty good flexibility here, and that's really cool. Um, and I don't know when you all expected it to release. Like, I, I figured it would make this year, but I do think maybe summer is a little bit earlier than I expected. Yeah. I, I was expecting um, more September. Uh, yeah, like, I was expecting yeah. it pretty early myself because it was announced at the Switch reveal event. It already looked pretty far ahead, and they had that demo like so early on. I mean, I, I kind of expected it around July. So not yeah, really, I, but... I think I think I was with Josh, and I maybe thinking like late summer, early fall, and and I guess July is not that. Still, I think it's a good, I think that's a good release date. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, I I think it's important to point out. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's the fact that the whole new direct, they had it here, it's that they're definitely showing like some stuff that's in the near future because everything they announced is pretty much coming uh, from here until sometime in the summer 
obviously they'll have another E3 direct, which will show everything from the fall and the winter time that they're going to be revealing. So this is a really good time to kind of show that. And it did feel like it was, uh, as James said, it was well ahead because of the fact that they'd be so um, comfortable with it to put out a demo that was well received. Even if it was kind of cool because they also put out that survey asking people's feedback on that demo. So that was also like this work in progress thing. Um, but boy, I know so many people uh, as far as RPG fans that are pretty excited about playing this game. It's just to kind of poke some fun at ourselves when we did our uh, um, most anticipated games. Octopath Traveler got a fair amount of votes. It was probably like number six, I think. Yeah, but we really only did top, it. Yeah. We only did our top five. And I think, uh, obviously, any game that wasn't in our five, people are going to complain about it, I feel like. <laughs> but right. Octopath was the one that everyone was like, where the heck is that? Are yeah, you really I, looking uh, forward to it? I, I tried my best to, like, you know, g- g- include clips of every single fucking RPG that, like, that was on that list into that little video. So that's why you had a little, like, you know, intermittent, like, kind of yeah. real of other games i was like oh hopefully this one is out of sight yeah you i mean we, we sometimes get accused of some like recency bias but that's kind of how it is for like pretty much anybody it's that the stuff that we knew about more recently we're going to think about when we're talking about like our biggest most anticipated title so yeah, even kingdom hearts 3 had some about, stuff when you think about like news cycles like uh J- japanese rpgs are way more frequent in their and their updates uh like uh, how much the, they decide to you know reveal to the public because you know they, they have mitsu they have the, the geki game magazines that are very you know loose lipped on like kind of what what they want to share they're they're very they're very active in getting um keeping people updated with their game to like to an honest fault because some companies like say gust will like up or even falcon will just say hey these are this is every single fucking thing about the game. Oh, sega. Or sega, sega released, like sega is like released yeah. like a million trailers yeah. for Valkyria chronicle <laughs> 4 and like detailing one of the boss fights and that's, and, like, yeah that was our number of, one that was our number yeah. one of Valkyria chronicles <laughs> 4 so that's why that's why it's in our heads more often unlike like it's not like in western rpgs where you have like the witcher 3 or kingdom come it's not like they have like uh, in every single magazine they're like oh yeah there's exa- exactly every single npc in this town is <laughs> oh this my town. god you know it's like christ man but anyways octopath traveler we are excited for it a lot mm-hmm. of people are excited for it as could yes. tell it's, from that article when yeah. people were complaining that we didn't we, we, we were squealing whatever. over our heads when the demo came <laughs> like, it's, oh, yeah. it's awesome. impressive it's got a really cool style to it and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that stuff but and people yeah. have mentioned this you know so this is not a unique thought at all but like this sort of art style is you know it's like they call it HD 2D, which is a little bit silly, but it's like whatever. It's cool. Like not yeah. everything has to be like 3D models and high textures and you know big open worlds. Like I think this is a really cool thing you can do with modern visual technology. Like it's this is this is this, this kind of like the classic style RPG modernized. That's like that's been floating around in my head, and there's like the kind of the fully realized version of that. Like when people like heroes. when people <laughs> like talk when people think about like well if you were to remake or re or do an HD remaster or something of like Final Fantasy VI, I think most people would prefer it to look like Octopath Traveler than like say Final Fantasy IV DS yeah, or whatever. That's that's kind of you what know? people are hoping but, for like uh, Tokyo RPG Factory to do. But there, I should mention. Um, because this is coming up a lot with the Chrono Trigger stuff, it's that uh, someone shared a video of this Chrono Trigger fan uh, video that he made of like the fight with Magus, and it had kind of the same style with the sprites, but with the camera, a 3D camera, so it was going around the battle, seeing their sprites like lift up and cast spells, but with a much faster frame rate. It was pretty cool, and that's like it's like it's the exact kind of style that this tends to have. Except for like Octopath, I'm impressed because it has like these gigantic sprites. It even looks better because of that stuff. Yeah, and I mean, with the uh, demo 
they already put out a little video a while ago now about some of the things they changed in terms of like yeah. your run speed. You you can run faster, but it also makes it so you um uh encounter enemies more often and things like that. So they're uh, they've been tweaking. It's like a the lot typical Final Fantasy, like you can run, but you get higher encounter rate. That's like that's I've seen that. <laughs> that's, yeah, I know other games have had that. Yeah, Lucy, uh, I think but, had that too. Then they changed the menus. They changed even some of the uh, like the colors because I know there's a couple of places where people were a little bit confused, like you know, looking at the visuals, like what's in the foreground, what's in the background, because oh, you know it's a very yeah, colorful game. Nice. So they 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 tweaked a few things like that. Um, and so, but I have pretty high hopes for this. Like it's it's kind of like a I don't want to call it like a mid budget game, even if that's probably true. But it's like this could be like a really cool game and it doesn't have to cost, you know, a million dollars to make or whatever. Yeah. So. I mean, we're, we're, we, st- we started the whole, like this new section talking about how Valkyrie profile Lenneth was kind of disappointed. It's like, this is, you know, Square Enix won't do the right thing and resurrect their old IPs the right way. It's that at least they're focusing on these new experiences that still take over the traditional style and uh, cool new ways. So hopefully this does live up to the uh, expectations that we all have. It's kind of difficult because it's a choir who didn't, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, Akiba's beat. Akiba's trip, and uh, and was it Akiba's beat, or did they also do Akiba's trip? They did both. Yeah, I thought so. So yeah, those games. It's it's like they, but maybe with a bigger budget, they can do something more uh, impressive. Because like even Akiba's trip, there was something there from like the combat system and stuff. Like I'm hopeful for that too. Uh, aside from that. Uh, they also revealed. Like, oh yeah, they they also did uh, like a collector's edition for this too. Yeah, that's right? a Wayfarer's edition, a hundred dollars. It's up for pre-order right now. It's kind of cool. It's got like this pop-up book. Uh, it's also the diorama. Like, yeah, diorama kind of thing. It's got like eight pages, I think they said. Um, uh, to it, uh, so it's it's actually not so much a diorama. It's actually a pop-up book uh, that you can open okay. up and and see it. But like, it looks really cool. They've also got like this uh, a map. Uh, this like. What do they what do they call it? Like the coin. I forget like a replica coin. Replica coin, yes. That's that's the word. Uh which whatever. <laughs> like, replica like of a leaf coin. The in game <laughs> of Ostera, which is what the Great. I guess the world is. Yeah. Uh, a soundtrack C D selection. A box, yeah. of course. A night that's yeah. a box. The, that's a, the, the, the usual. The usual. Like uh, what's Junk. the yeah, what's what's how much is the base version sixty bucks? Yes. Okay, so you know, for forty bucks more you get all that stuff. I'm I'm sure there'll be people, but it's like it's for a game that's kind of untested, I don't know if I would spend a hundred dollars on a collector's edition, but you know, it's gonna go away real quick, so I'm sure like people will buy it anyway and then you know, if they don't like it they'll uh, flip it somehow. But I'm kinda of shocked it's not a Square Enix store exclusive. That's true. They tend to do that, which is really annoying. That's why I usually buy from like Japan. Well I think it's money. it's a Nintendo published game, so That's true. That's true. That's because it's that's why it's exclusive. Uh, wait, is it I thought I, th- I think let for me, a second. Let me, let, me, um, let me check. Oh, I, we have it listed as Square Enix, but I think it isn't because I think people well, are thinking that might come elsewhere. Well sometimes you get the, those weird like Nintendo Square Enix like collaborations yeah. where Dragon Quest Builders was technically published by Nintendo. Well, like yeah. even, but it's even on like Vita, you know. Well, even like the Dragon Quest 3DS point. games were published by Nintendo but localized by Square Enix. You know, um, like they did the tra- like Square Enix did the translation and editing and all that, and just Nintendo did the publishing. And you know, so it sometimes gets a little bit weird. Yeah, and you but, know, obviously Nintendo's helped a lot with Dragon Quest localization. So. Right. Let me just uh, call up Reggie on the line and ask for this. Yeah. Specific, specific. Uh, why don't you talk to your uncle? Okay. Can you ask your uncle and find out? He works at Nintendo, yeah. right? Cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. I right, so We'll find out uh, hopefully soon. But yeah, I mean, let's not stick on this topic too long. It's just the fact that, yeah, it's going to be coming out July 13th, which seems to be a pretty big title for the summer. Uh, I'm trying to remember, like, there's some other games coming out. Like, I mean, well, 
we should mention, of course, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition will be out on May 18th. Uh, a little so, later than I thought it would be, especially yeah. considering it's actually coming out this month in Japan. I think, yeah, I think it, I thought it would be like more like an April kind of game that kind of fit with that. But you know, it's not that long either way. They're pacing it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I believe there was like a thread on Reset Era just the other day about how Nintendo has kind of bumped it up to two um, quote-unquote major games a month. So. Really? Like, it was one for Wii U, and that was annoying enough. Like, I'm glad at least they're trying to give some people more stuff to play. Uh, and they need to do that, obviously. They need to like kind of keep the momentum going for their system because everyone's so excited about that. It's crazy because you think, like, PlayStation uh, is kind of working off of a lot of third-party stuff. Like, as far as first-party, like, the next big thing is what, like, Detroit? And that's not uh, and, and God of War. God know? of War is next month. Yeah, uh, just just to kind of follow up on myself, uh, Nintendo site has Nintendo as the publisher for Octopath Traveler. I mean, for okay, what, for okay. what it's worth. But they could be. It could be a situation where they're localizing it. Um, but we'll see. Where Square Enix is localizing it, Nintendo is publishing it. Yeah. Very well could yeah. be. You know, one yeah. of those things. Uh, it's hard to say whether they're paying into it though. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Um, the site also says number of players to be determined. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh man it'd be if it's going to be like uh you know a local co-op that'd be pretty sweet at least well i mean okay to, to be fair now that you got me thinking at the very end of the octopath traveler uh the new trailer like at the at the logo screen they did mention like you know online services uh, are are going to be free until you know the nintendo rolls out online that's who right. knows if that's uh, who knows if, if that's actually like pertaining to the game or that's just a, a catch-all for every no it's, it's online only game you, ha- you if you pause it it doesn't pause the game you also get people invading Finally. the game and killing you and that'd be pretty hell sweet. yeah speaking of bloodborne oh, oh can you can you imagine if one of like the, the octopath traveler protagonist was actually just an invader an online invader oh my god there's a mole <laughs> they're coming from the inside Ooh. <laughs> they're in the inside <laughs> be dangerous as hell i'd be so scared if like if one of the um one of the characters was someone who's going to betray you, and and it's an actual person who could betray yeah. you. That'd be a sweet <laughs> just turn. Like, they're, 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 they're fucking, their fucking uh, ability is just to uh, disguise themselves as any NPC in your game. And it can be anyone. Well, I would love to be there. one of those characters. Like if if that was like a mode, like if you hopped on and like oh. you, you're you're basically like with them all the way and then kill them right at the last boss, like <laughs> right before they get the last hit in, you just kind of snipe them at the end. Oh, that'd be so fucking. Great. All right, I'm in. Oh my god. Uh, did we already talk about uh, Bowser's Inside Story? No, we, we mm. are. I just wanted I, the segue was easy for the fact that uh, Iowa Warriors could be out in May. But yeah, um, obviously they uh, put out. Uh, was it Partners in Time? Was the oh my no, Superstar they, Saga? They, they, I'm sorry, they skipped that. Uh, yeah, Superstar Saga. Uh, Adam, of course, you reviewed um, the remake that came out last year for the 3ds. But they're so Superstar Saga, like it, I, I said this in my review. The, the 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 remake is fine. Like I think the visuals they they're better in motion than they are in on still shots, but. It's hard to beat those sprites, you know. So I, I don't begrudge anyone who says like who you know they they would pick the original every day because of the sprites or whatever. But it felt like it was it felt like there was some worth to that remake because now you can play all the this whole Mario and Luigi series on 3ds because the other games are on DS or 3ds. That's right. But you can you play know, so DS not, carts in the th- anyway, whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like because the first game was GBA. Oh, that's so right. like that's right. so that's so that, there felt like there was a little bit of worth there. Like, okay, now you wasn't can, the first game one of those. Um, GBA games that were available for early adopters of the 3DS? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't I think, think it was. Like it, I want to say it was. I remember hearing something about that. I know, it's on the, I know it's on the Wii U um, eShop. 
which is weird. Like, uh, Are you talking about oh, if it's, yeah. it's on the Ambassadors program? Yeah, Superstar yeah. Saga. I don't think it was. I don't remember that. Right. I remember it being like a, it was like a Zelda game, I believe. Yeah, like an old Mario I, I don't think it was. But anyways, no, yeah. so like there's a couple of weird things about this announcement. First of all, like did Bowser's Inside Story like need a remake? And no, I kind of cool. argue, I, I kind of argue that Superstar Saga really didn't either, but at least you can now play it on 3DS, but like you can already play Bowser's Inside Story on 3DS and it, thanks to its sprite work, it holds up, you know, uh, but they're remaking it. It looks like it includes a new like additional mode. They call it Bowser Jr.'s Journey. And based on the gameplay, it looks just like the additional mode in Superstar Saga, which was honestly awful. So that's not a selling point. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, the Mario Tank, whatever it was. It, it's like a... It's like a I don't know. It's like a real-time strategy. Not not real-time strategy, but it's like this weird, like you put a squad of people together and you fight an enemy squad of people and they kind of just, they based on the gameplay element of it is you putting the squad together and then based on how you put that together, they fight for you and you really don't have much control over it. It's like those mobile uh, games. It's like a like, sim. It's more, about, it's more about building the, the team yeah. rather but than actually it's, playing it's really game. tedious and boring and it's just kind of pointless and just blah. You're, like, you're just working the math. So you they, can just skip it. In, but it, but it's like another just a palette swap about, is what it sounds like. That's all they did. Well, two other, the two other weird thing parts about, about the, uh, Hold on, hold on. Is, oh, I'm guessing you're going to say the same thing about it. They announced it for 2019. That's one early. part of it. Like, why did they announce this so early? Yeah, I was kind of surprised at that. That's, that. A, that's <laughs> They never do that. They always announce games and put them out, yeah. like, soon afterwards. And the thing is, is, like, I think the Superstar Saga <laughs> remake last year was announced at, like, E3 or right before it and then, like, released a few months later. Um, well, they, I guess they did announce the Pokemon game well ahead of time, so there's yeah, definitely precedence. But the, the other thing that's weird about this is that they skipped Partners in Time. Yeah, which that I, was a cool game. Ugh. I think most. I think most people. Pref- I, I think generalizing here that Bowser's Inside Story seems to be a little bit better received overall. And it's, it's a widely held opinion that Partners yeah. in Time is the weakest century in. That's series. true, but it could use a remake. It, it still, thing, it still right? seems just kind of a little bit weird that they just skipped it. You know, yeah. just, it's like they they also felt ashamed <laughs> at some point. <laughs> It's okay. At least we're getting. We 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 now have it. I think part of it one one new 3ds game coming out next year. Yeah, I think part of the problem was is that Partners in Time. A bunch of the enemies were those shrubs, and so they'd have to remake the uh, sprites. Whereas with Bowser's Inside Story, they already remade a lot of the sprites or had the sprites from, say, Dream Team and Paper Jam, and then the GBA remake. So it was probably a lot easier to do that, and was it was uh, quicker to do. But then again. If time was of the essence, then why are they releasing it in 2019? They want people oh. to keep the 3DS in the 2019. That's like the only thing I can think of. And it's maybe, not because yeah. they should just drop the 3DS already. Please <laughs> move on to the Switch. You know, I, I'm not trying to know, port man. bag, but like it's it's it should be the replacement so that people have a reason to get a Switch. You know, I, I'm keeping up holding on my 3DS for WarriorWare now. I really want oh, that that's, WarioWare. That's, that's, that's oh, yeah, thing, right? Like I get it because this is kind of like the rhythm mega uh, rhythm head of a mega mix is that they took a, like the old stuff, added some new stuff, put them all together. Here's this kind of like this greatest hits and more. Uh, and that makes total sense to me, and they'll have that, and you know they'll eventually have a WarioWare on the Switch. But it's like. Uh, just get, get rid of the 3ds already just let it go it's eight it's going to be eight years old no, no, <laughs> it's, it just turned seven it's going to turn eight before it's going to be nine years old in 2010 what 2010 huh? 2010 huh going back in time i mean back, back. i mean in 2019 it's going to be nine years old <laughs> no it's going to be it's going to be it came out in 2011 so it'll be eight years old but yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. No, didn't it come out in 2010 in japan i think it, uh, that's, 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 no it it's 2011 
I think it came out in Japan like a month earlier, yeah, like February. It was, like, it was, yeah, it was 2011. Yeah, it was announced still, in 2010, came out in 2011. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Shut James, come on. <laughs> no, I was kidding. We don't get our facts straight here. But yeah. I, I, would, I would, like, maybe, I mean, Alpha Dream is the developer, and like literally Mario and Luigi is the only thing they've ever done. So maybe they're just gonna just kind of fart That's this one more thing. game out. <laughs> That's gonna be the, the and then like this Alpha Dream, like they'll have to learn how to like what they want to do if they want to make another Mario and Luigi for Switch. Um, oh later, yeah, I guess. that that was one of the things I was thinking of. Is maybe the reason why they're targeting it for 2019 is so that they can develop a Switch game concurrently and they don't have to stress themselves trying to meet a deadline for this remake. Uh, sure, if that's the justification, I don't know. That seems kind of a stretch, but we'll. we'll it does. They, they did announce what uh, Captain Toad for 3DS and Switch. That's cool. I love. Yeah. I, I really want to play Captain Toad. I, it's, yeah, it's I haven't played that yet. It's I, a good game. It looks traded really in good. just the other day once it was announced for Switch because yeah. it's like, well, not gonna. But yeah, what if there was a trade-in program to get the new version? All right, so, so okay, so what are the <laughs> reasons stuff. to keep the Wii U right now? We, Xenoblade X, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I think they need to pour Tokyo Mirage Sessions finally. That would be great. Zen- yeah, Xenoblade X, Tokyo yeah, Mirage yeah. Sessions, Pikmin Three, uh, Wonderful One Hundred One. Wonderful One Hundred One. That'd be that'd be uh, important. Yeah. Um, and uh, not whatever. Yeah. Super Mario 3D World, but really, besides those, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's not much else. Obviously, I, it's I, all first. I've talked stuff. about this before, but like all of my virtual console stuff's on my Wii U for both Wii and Wii U. Oh yeah, the virtual I know, console. That's the main reason I'm keeping my Wii U and, around. And I know it's not a all perfect of virtual console machine. Like if you have a GameCube adapter and you hack it, you can like put backups of all your literally every Nintendo system before the Wii U on the. And I know, and I know some of the Piracy. emulation, like the like the N sixty four emulation on Wii U is not great, but yeah. still, like I, I talked about this too many times, so I'll just say this: it's just like I really want Sega, or Sega, Nintendo to announce, like, what are they going to do with virtual console? Like, yeah, it seems like that's going to be their big E three thing because the <laughs> yeah, online service is out this fall, so yeah. they're keeping a very tight lip. <laughs> Yeah, I mean uh, that's they. If anything, Nintendo is known for kind of keeping their mouth shut about that stuff and having a very like leak-free ship for the mm-hmm. most part. Well, until uh, there's like that one person who I apparently want, knows everything about what Nintendo's going to announce. So I want to hope that the reason they're being so mum about this is because they saw the backlash to the original announcement and they're just scrambling to make something better. That one would hope. Well, let's let's get through some of this other stuff here. So I'm just going to quickly run off some of these things. We're not going to really discuss them, uh, so because this is just very basic stuff. Undertale is coming to Switch, which is something that people thought would happen before it came to the PS4, but uh, they finally followed through. Toby Fox uh, kept his promise on that stuff. I don't know if he promised it. Bigger, but happening. bigger thing about that is it means game makers being ported to Switch because it's too. already an announced. Yeah, it's already announced. Well. There's already discussion about how uh, Valhalla is going to be ported to the Switch. Yeah. Oh, Valhalla is a great game. So that's that's going to be awesome. Uh, and that just means, yeah, more great titles for the Switch uh, as far as kind of filling in the gaps between the big releases. Uh, Okami HD also coming to the Switch. Uh, which digital is only. Digital only. Uh, point to point out because it was a physical release as well on uh, PS4. Um, uh, and then South Park, the Fractured Butthole, which was Hilarious when you heard the narrator say that name out loud, like in a very happy, a cheery way. voice. Yeah. The fractured butthole. Oh, said butthole to Nintendo stream. Yeah. Ah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's going to be out on the Switch on April 24th, so there's another April title for you. Um, 
if I'm not mistaken, that's on the same day, I believe, as God of War, or same week, or something like that, which is weird. Uh, it's near, right? Because I think God of War and Labo are the 20th of April. Yeah, and, you know, that's all, yeah, that's the Labo, yeah, Labo's out, too. Um, and that moves into, into this next big piece of news. Uh, they showed off the first Dark Souls Remastered gameplay footage. Uh, so they announced the Dark Souls Remastered uh, during their last Direct, which was like a couple months ago. Uh, that's going to be out, and they also revealed an Amiibo, the Solaire of Astora Amiibo revealed, and that's uh, a GameStop exclusive. It's sixteen bucks. Uh, that's that'll un- that'll unlock you the 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 praise the sun gesture in the game. Uh, yeah. It doesn't unlock it. You get it either way. It's just it automatically oh, like it, when you tap it, you. Uh... You do the post, which is so <laughs> oh, okay. dumb, but also so funny. Okay, great, even better. Yeah, so that's that's they announced that, um, and that keeps going in and out of stock. But we'll try to share on our Twitter account, whatever that is, if people want to buy that thing. It's pretty sweet looking. Um, and also, they announced that there's going to be a, a network test for Dark Souls Remastered, not just for the Switch version, but also for the PS4 and what are the other platforms? There's also Xbox, Xbox, Xbox One and PC. And I- PC, where I, I don't know why PC. they're they're pushing it on PC. You basically already have DS Fix. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to say yeah, that. Right? Did they say that the network test is coming to PC? I don't know. I don't know. That I do know that that that's going to be on PS4 and Xbox. Yeah, it's po- yeah. It, it seems like it'd be more like a console thing anyway, because like PC, it's like whatever. Um, and I think if I'm not mistaken, the Dark Souls Remastered potentially is just going to be a free upgrade for PC users. So uh, we'll see. They actually haven't said anything about yeah, that. Yeah, I think they took that and retracted it. I think there was someone who misreported it. If I'm not mistaken, that it was going to be a free thing. I don't know if it was like that'll be a free upgrade because yeah. I mean, especially since it's going to have the Nuvo. I mean, all the mods are already on the original version on PC. You have DS Fix. I mean, how are they going to have people buy it anyways? Might as well just give it as a free upgrade. Yeah, if I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're actually having uh, Dur- uh What's the guy's name who made DS Fix? Durante, that's mm-hmm. what I thought. Uh, I'm not mistaken if he's probably helping them with that because he they they basically you know became really close partners after that stuff uh, came through. Uh, so yeah, Dark Souls Remastered. Uh, if, what's it? May twenty fifth is that the date that's coming out? I think uh, that's the yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's going to happen. And the last piece of news, which is pretty awesome. So in Japan, uh, they like I said before, they had their own Nintendo Direct stream where they showed up a bunch of games like Tekken Drum Master is coming to Switch. I forget what else. There's there, a there's, there's a Fantasy Star game. That yeah, Fantasy Star Online Two Cloud is coming to the Switch as well. Uh, so that's awesome, I guess. Which is you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> that's still a bummer. Um, so <laughs> great for them. Obviously, you know, people who play the 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 servers with the fan uh, client can play that i guess um anyway so one of the games they showed up was saga scarlet grace scarlet now, james has played this right yeah it's very so good and uh, the yeah. big thing about this is it's not only a port to uh basically every other platform that has uh, unity support because yeah. this is a unity game I forgot fun about fact that. it's a 60 fps unity game on vita i think it might actually be the only one <laughs> probably <laughs> Um, but uh, the big news is that it's going to have additional scenarios and voice work over the original release. And since it's coming out on Steam, it basically confirms that it's probably going to be localized. Well, okay, yeah, so let's, let's take a step let's back. Yeah, it's because yeah, take a step back. So they announced this on this on the Switch uh, Nintendo Direct uh, Japanese stream, and then later on, a few hours later, they confirmed that it's not only coming to Switch; it's all coming to PS4, Steam, iOS, and Android. 
just because it's coming to Steam doesn't necessarily confirm a localization 100% because there are definitely oh, but like, Koei Tecmo games. Happen, <laughs> there, there are definitely Koei Tecmo games that are on Steam that are just for Japanese. Oh, but those are like, uh, yeah, those are like Chinese games yeah. that were never... Well, I mean, that's, I mean that's kind of like I said, nothing, nothing's like ever guaranteed. It's like a 98% chance. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nothing has been said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I, I, I bet on it coming. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I mean, I yeah, I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah, obviously. Akatoshi, Akatoshi Kawazu, who is the Saga series head dude at Square Enix, seems extremely receptive for like any fans of the series. It's kind of a niche series within Square Enix. That kind of it is. Yeah, um, totally. And yeah. he, he he like responds on Twitter to like English like questions and stuff pretty regularly and in fact that's how we get a lot of information <laughs> yeah we've had yeah. we've had news before from them because that because like yeah. the romantic saga two and three ports and the localizations that came straight from his twitter account pretty much right and so he, they seem pretty receptive to localizing this and romantic saga 2 which had never received a localization before came out in english on mobile and on like on xbox of all things i mean yeah. so uh, I would be. I, I think this is a way where we'll get it localized. Yeah, for sure. it's it's important to point out like Romancing Saga two didn't do well in in the West, but like the fact. I mean, PC seems like a no brainer because that's obviously you know it's way bigger in the West anyway. So I mean, Koei Tecmo is kind but of a I, different thing because they have like a I, billion I, games. But this I have to imagine. Sense. I have to imagine you know their expectations for it weren't like gigantic. No, they just need to cover but, the localization. But I costs. wonder like. It, yeah. it, were the sales of Romancing well, Saga 2 enough? Like, like they, they knew they weren't going to sell. Hold on. Like, oh, Has Romancing it? Saga 2 been on sale on Steam yet? Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, wait, no, it hasn't been, hasn't it? has been on sale on yeah. mobile. So it has 5,000 sales, according to Steam Spy, just yeah. on Steam. I'd imagine that probably it sold pretty well on Switch. Not uh, sure how it did on uh, Xbox One. We're just throwing darts at a board. That's yeah, we, I don't. All I was saying it. was, you know, I, just relative like to their expectations of how much they wanted to sell. Yeah, but we'll, we'll find out. Anyways, we, we don't know. <laughs> James can, you know, say whatever he wants here. But as far as I know, this game is pretty well received. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, so, I def- I've been. Like whenever I mentioned the game on the po- on the podcast, I said I hope other people get a chance to play it because it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I've I think had that friends this is who are uh, who are like head over heels for uh, Saga Scarlet Grace. Like they say, it, it's definitely one of their top. Uh, when I, every person who's played this game, uh, like on my end, um, they, they've always had on their top ten games list when they when they were like listing out their favorite games of the year. Um, it's so kind of a, it's kind of an really interesting good. kind of twi- I'm sorry to uh, cut you off, Josh. It's just that it, I, I, it's kind of an interesting twist on Saga, isn't it? Like it's kind of like a mission based kind of game. Is and, it? No, yeah. um, the thing about it is, is that there's no real dungeons. It's like instead yeah. of there being a focused uh, a focus on dungeons and all that, it's the entire world map is kind of living and breathing, and it the entire world map is the dungeon itself because there's things happening. Any given I've, time. I've heard it described as like the whole like uh, overhead map continent that you're in. Think of that as like a gigantic village because some some cities will be like have towns where you get they're, they're selling stuff, while another town might have like an event scene for you, and then uh, and then uh, and then other towns or places rather will just have like like an event battles or just have a, a battle in there. But there's no random battles. It's like every place has their uh, function in oh, that game. So it's, it's very much it's very much a JRPG distilled down to its very very bare mechanics but it's all streamlined in a very intuitive smart way it's yeah, yeah it's gonna, it sounds like it's, oh, sorry, it's really really interesting too um i definitely say that 
this is one to look out for. I really, really hope that this is localized. It seems like it'll be localized probably, but yeah. I, I feel I'm, like this is an opportune time to mention that Romancing Saga 3 and was announced about a year ago and we haven't heard Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You were cutting out for me, but you were, you were saying Romancing Saga 3. Oh, sorry. Ago and Romancing like... Saga 3 was announced a year ago and we haven't heard anything since. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one who heard him cutting out. So yeah. yeah I, I wonder if maybe the plans changed and they decided to go with this first and then maybe Romancing Saga 3. Well, from what I remember, it's that he wanted to put out two uh, out uh, before he moved on to three. And obviously three isn't even out in Japan yet. So hopefully that just means that they're now shifting uh, focus onto that as well. But, you know, uh, even if it doesn't happen to be localized, uh, it's the fact that it's now it's readily available. People can mod that shit if they have to. You know, it's going to happen one way or another, I believe. Because yeah. still, it still gets some popularity. So hopefully we'll hear some more about it. Um, and they didn't give any kind of date, did they? Just the fact that it's going to be coming to... 2018. 2018, okay. All right, cool. That's that's great. And obviously on Nintendo Direct, it's all up on their YouTube channel. Like I said, it's about 30 minutes long. Uh, and... Pretty awesomely. Uh, with uh, I think that me and my friend at work were both watching the stream, uh, and our heads kind of both shifted to the corner when we saw like Smash Brothers. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so hopefully, I like how ominous that whole fucking the reveal was for the Smash Brothers on Switch. It That's was like, <laughs> I, it was in the Inkling's eye. Yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ, man. I made a fun meme about that. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll hopefully hear some more about that soon. And yeah, it's it's you know, Nintendo continues to be uh, one of the most uh, the most exciting uh, console manufacturer right now. You know, Microsoft with their inside Xbox thing that went up today felt more of like an infomercial, which you know, whatever. We'll hopefully get some better stuff out of that. Sony just don't even know where they're at right now. Hopefully, we hear something from them too. Uh, but let's wrap this up. Uh, so that's been a podcast. Uh, once again, you can find us on RPGSite.net. We got a lot of news up there right now. Uh, everything we talked about today, almost everything, uh, can be found on there, including the coverage of the Nintendo Direct. So you can see some relevant uh, stories about that. You can also find us on our Twitter account at RPGSite, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash RPGSiteNet, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash RPGSiteNet, which you can watch that Magic Net Ray Earth uh, playthrough that I mentioned before. We'll also be putting up my uh, Bloodborne stream from earlier today. Uh, me and Kaz will play a little bit. You can watch that uh, in a little bit here from this recording. You can also find us on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Just search for TetraCast. You can also find us on Discord. Our permanent Discord link is discord.me slash site. Lastly, we'd like to talk about where you can find us on Twitter. So where can they find you, James? You can find me at the suite on Twitter, T-H-E-S-W-W-E-E-T. Adam? Uh, K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. Uh, Josh? You can find me at H-D-K-I-R-I-N. H-D-K-I-R-I-N. Much be bummed out about that Valkyrie profile line at the footage that I got to see. Uh, I'm really still bummed out. I uh, still want to get that on PSN someday. Uh, and you can find me at Zachary. So, yeah, uh, that's it for the 102nd episode of the TetraCast. Uh, thank you, James, Josh, and Adam, for being part of this. And everyone out there, thank you for listening. Catch us next week for yet another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.